Hello and welcome to the latest Pensions Expert podcast. I'm Sophia Imerson, Associate Editor, and in this episode we'll be talking about cyber risk and what trustees should be doing to protect their pension schemes. Cybersecurity really has risen up the agenda in the last few years, and the pensions regulator has stated that it should be considered a key risk. Recent attacks, such as the harmful WannaCry ransomware that infected computer systems across the world, including the UK's NHS, are a stark reminder of the need for pension funds to be prepared. So how can trustees make sure that they're prepared for current and future risks, particularly with new data protection requirements on the horizon? I'm joined today by Margaret Snowden, Chairman of the Pensions Administration Standards Association, and Dan Taylor, Client Director at Administration Specialist Trafalgar House. Margaret, what would you say are the current cyber risks for schemes? If I was to try and say what's the biggest risk that trustees and schemes face, it's actually not recognising um, the problem um, and recognising that cyber risk is actually very serious. A lot of um, a lot of trustees tend to think it won't happen to them. It's mm. something that happens to companies. It's something that happens to big organisations. It's in the news, therefore it doesn't um, it doesn't really affect them. You mentioned the the WannaCry one. We all know about Tesco um, being hit. But 75% of small firms have been hit. It's not just um, big organisations. And with pensions wealth being very much in the press, um, in the public domain, it's an obvious target um, for cyber. And I think I would hate to see trustees think it won't happen to them and then get a huge surprise um, when it does because it's inevitable um, it will happen. Pension data is very valuable um, and a lot of... A lot of cyber attacks are to get access to data, not necessarily to do damage to a particular scheme itself, but often to get the data so that it can then be used um, to pursue individuals later on, whether for scams um, or some other purpose. But it's it's quite it's quite dangerous in terms of um, in terms of specific things, given that. Um, Around about 95% of cybercrime happens because of human error. Um, you know, I think one one big risk faced by trustees and schemes is actually the the people um, involved in it. So the the more they know about cyber, the more they know about techniques, the more they know about even physical security, um, the better. But but one thing I would say, which I haven't heard anybody say before, but trustees themselves can actually be a source of risk um, because a lot of the trustees are individuals. They don't work for corporates with secure networks. You know, they use their home computers, they use their home phones um, to conduct business. Business. you know, they look at data, they keep it in a drawer in their own home office. So mm. those are those are obvious sources of risk. And what about future risks? Um, many people have voiced their concerns about the security of the, the pensions dashboard, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, cyber security is, is very real and it's changing. Um, you know, we didn't know about it 10 years ago. It just didn't seem to be something we discussed. And even last week, there was a, a new risk, um, you know, concerning Wi-Fi networks and their vulnerability. And I must admit, I'm astonished. You go into any coffee shop and there are people working on their iPads, working on their phones, using that lovely free Wi-Fi, which, to be honest, is secure as just shouting very loudly um, all of your data around the shop. It's not necessarily very sophisticated, but it's evolving. Um, so we've always got to be vigilant. But you mentioned dashboard and and clearly dashboard is data sharing on a grand scale. Um, so 
a very obvious target. There'll be lots of information going around. And for that reason, it really has to be the, the ultimate in security. Um, and that's why I'm more comforted that it, it is actually going to be government backed. But there are a couple of a couple of things that are very important. Um, one is the quality of data and the mechanism of sharing data roundabout. There's also the issue of digital ID um, and using very strong digital ID at the level, you know, the government would actually want, I think at least helps us to be sure that when we're dealing with people on the dashboard, we're actually dealing with the individual um, that we expect um, and we're not dealing with some phishing mm. or vishing or whaling or whatever type of um, type of attack. I'm, I'm pretty confident that the work that will be done on dashboard will ensure that it's as secure as possible. If it's not, it would be an absolute disaster and that just can't be allowed to happen. And when it comes to pension schemes, who is responsible for preventing these risks? Well, the trustees, um, and a lot of trustees think it's their administrator. Um, the administrator has a part to play um, because the administrator is, is the person who processes for the trustees um, largely. So, so they're handling a lot of data, but the responsibility is with the trustees, um, and trustees need to be aware of that. But they have a duty to ensure that anybody who manages data on their behalf um, has suitable processes in place. But they need to at least have a strategy. Um, they need to own that strategy and make sure that anybody who provides services into the scheme meets that um, particular standard. And that includes um, the employer, um, and, and one thing that trustees often don't think about is that, um, you know, the employer himself can be at risk and that can, can threaten the employer's covenant um, because if it costs around about two million per attack, um, if an employer was attacked, a company sponsor was attacked and the cost was several million. And when you think of the fines under GDPR, um, if the, the cost was in millions, would they be able to you know, survive that? Mm. Um, so that's a very real thing for trustees to think about. You mentioned GDPR. That's something we will come on to in a bit. Um, but firstly, Dan, what would you say trustees can do to, to protect pension schemes, to protect their members? Well, firstly, I don't think that the, the pensions market has woken up fully to the risk of cybersecurity at, at, at this time. Most of our fraud prevention me measures are still framed in the context of Maxwell and dealing with big bank fraud issues. Well, actually, cybersecurity and cyber risk is a lot more pervasive and it's going to operate at a much lower level. So mm. it requires a whole different set of thinking and strategies around uh, around around managing the risk. The first thing I'd say is that trustees need to address it uh, in the same way as any other risk. So it needs to appear in a risk register. They need to assess controls. Some um, worrying research from RSM that was published um, earlier in the year suggested that only around 50% of trustee boards had added cybersecurity as, as, as cyber risks uh, to, their, to their risk logs. More practically, what I would suggest that trustee boards do is to stop thinking about all the minutiae of controls, mitigations, the likelihood is there that they'll tie themselves up in knots, um, get bogged down in, in, in an awful lot of uh, detail around cyber risks, but actually to think about two or three key scenarios that are most likely to hit their pension and administration, whether it's an insider attack or an external cyber attack, I think about scenario planning how uh, those risks are mitigated with those specific attacks, who's accountable for them, and most importantly, what is the response mechanism in place? 
because most pension schemes, although they may have mitigations in place to offset um, some of the risks, very, very few have any written strategies in place to say how they will respond when a cyber attack or any other type of fraud attack hits. So I think just thinking about it from a practical standpoint, what are the three or four biggest risks to a pension uh, administration operation? How will they hit? Playing those scenarios through and putting in a strategy for how they'll be dealt with um, after that is far more logical and easy way to approach this issue rather than thinking about every single risk and every single mitigation that, that could be considered. And what should trustees expect of service providers? Well, Although the ultimate accountability is with the trustees, they've got to rely, especially in terms of some of the logical and system-based security measures on their administrators, uh, at least in at least in part. What I think uh, trustees should expect from administrators is a well thought through set of controls and measures that are independently assessed and audited. I think that's very important. Um, we are sometimes guilty of marking our own home- homework in pensions administration. So having that additional layer of uh, of audit and control is absolutely essential for them to be engaged, uh, to uh, enter into an open conversation about the potential uh, risks uh, and and mitigations. Uh, But more than anything else, to have this type of scenario um, um, assessment and reaction plan already in place. Um, when a sec- when a cyber security uh, issue arises, uh, the, the 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 biggest threat to an organisation is the period in which it's not identified and not reacted to. Having proper controls into identify, report, and react is just as important as putting in those uh, controls in place at the beginning to stop the attack in the first place. Okay, and Margaret, you mentioned GDPR. So, General Data Protection Regulation will apply in the UK in mm. May two thousand and eighteen. Um, what does this mean for schemes? It means um, a lot more care um, with data and a lot more structure around data. Um, you know, trustees ought to know what data they hold and who they hold it for and why they're holding it, how long they've held it, um, and basically be able to show the processing is fit um, processing. So, you know, trustees are going to need to do things like mapping out all the data, mapping out the processes that are used and, and having, you know, process audits that are then available to authorities. Um, if authorities, if the information commissioner, for example, wanted to look at how data was being processed in a particular um, scheme, you would need to be able to show that. If you couldn't show it, then you would have failed um, and you wouldn't be compliant. And and one of the big issues and the scary thing on GDPR is, is not that it's 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 wrong or difficult um, to actually try and ensure privacy um, for individuals. It's all the process that goes around and it's it's constant. It's not just you do it once, put it in a shelf. Um, it's dynamic. You've got to um, you've got to keep it going. And the really scary thing is how much it might cost if you're not compliant. Um, and you know the costs that are bandied around are are the extreme costs. You know, 20 million euro or 4% of your worldwide turnover for a pension scheme, that's a hell of a lot of money. Um, the chances of that probably being applied are quite remote. You'd have to be pretty bad um, to be fined to that extent. But the fines are significantly bigger than the fines currently under data mm. protection and, and trustees need to be aware of that. As we mentioned about cyber, the two are related because they're related to data and the risks um, around data. But um, having a proper strategy that's owned by the trustees um, will actually help ensure that they comply. And Dan, what are your views on on GDPR from an administrative point of view? 
Well, I mean, it's an absolutely massive task. And partly it's uh, such a substantial task because of the exponential growth in data sets that administrators are working with. There's a presumption that administration involves and requires one set of core data, uh, the the membership Mm -hmm. database. That's what everybody refers to. But the reality of a a modern administration operation is that it doesn't involve one data set anymore. It involves multiple data sets that are layered from workflow management to electronic document management to comment system. As services have evolved, there's been a necessity to draw in expertise from other specialists from around the market, tracing bureaus, mortality screening services. And when you look at the the, the time span, when all those new services, all those new technologies have been introduced and the amount of data that's amassing over the mm-hmm. over, over the period, it's exponential. There are huge amounts of data fl- flowing uh, around administration uh, operations uh, between internal departments and other advisors. So getting a handle on that is an absolutely uh, huge pr- process that, that needs to be undertaken. But also the, the the relationships that administrators manage with, with, with different parties have also grown as exponentially as the data, data ha- has. And a key requirement of, G- of GDPR is a review of all of those uh, along with things like consent notices with members and other parties, suppliers. Um, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a significant task and I think, um, certainly on the on the trustee side, and maybe even with sponsors, they might be surprised when the results of these assessments and maps come out from their administrators about how many other parties have access and interaction with their core data sets. Um, I think it will provide some useful learning and knowledge around, around the admin process. Um, and also, actually, it might engage trustees um, more actively to take a, a more oversight and more control um, and ask more, more questions about how data flows and, and how, how it's ma- managed. And you talked earlier a bit about um, the importance of being prepared in the event of an attack. So what happens if uh, a scheme does actually suffer a cyber attack, what would be your advice to them? The pensions industry moves at a glacial pace um, and the number of stakeholders that are required to make a decision about um, whether services are turned off, turned off, who's communicated with, involves a huge amount of stakeholders. Now, if you're doing that on a purely reactive basis with no forward planning, then you will compound the issue around any cyber, cyber attack. The key uh, steps to mitigate and to 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 stop um, these issues being compounding is a very quick reaction. And when you look at the best way that the big PLCs have managed cyber attacks, it's actually in their response strategy. They haven't been able to stop the attacks. It's foolish to believe that that you can and you can plug all the gaps. The systems that work best are the pre-planned reactions to these attacks. So trustees should think about when they will happen, what actions they will take, who they will correspond with and what uh, services they are willing to turn off or stop at at any one time. Mm -hmm. Um, Forward planning is absolutely essential. Do not wait for this to happen because the amount of time that it will take to reach those decisions will mean that more and more members are affected and the higher the liability is likely to be. One thing to, to bear in mind is that a cyber attack isn't going to happen at a convenient time. You know, it's most unlikely to. And, you know, if you don't have a plan, you could end up with a situation where you just cannot pay pensions. Um, and, you know, as Dan said, you've got so much um, of a knock-on effect. And if you can't pay pensions, if you can't invest member contributions or even collect member contributions, you know, that just <clears throat> breaks down the whole trust in a pension scheme. Every day then starts to panic. And it's quite important that you avoid that. Um, and just quickly on um, GDPR, um, 
administrators, trustees will have to react very quickly um, because they only have 72 hours um, to be able to report a breach. And if you can't even recognise a breach, um, whether it's a cyber or another type of um, fraud attack on data, if you can't if you can't identify it, you're already failing. Um, so you need to be able to identify it very quickly and you need to be able to respond um, to it very, very quickly. Um, so it's a tough time coming up. Thanks, Margaret. Thanks, Dan. For more on cybersecurity, please visit pensions-expert.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.